Gang, since they opened in 2012, I've been talking about the amazing rehearsal spaces and fabulous recording studio at Space Rehearsal and Recording here in Austin. Well, gang, Space has upped their game over the last couple of years and added a couple of new factions. One is a video production studio. Space ATX has taken the major leap forward in their evolution to serve Austin's music community with their new video production department. They're now offering professional video production for bands, live streaming, live sessions, podcasts, and just about anything you can imagine. They've also added a creator studio. Maybe you want to take your TikTok or YouTube videos to the next level, or it's time to stop using your cell phone pics for all of your PR photos. Their newest production room is waiting for you. You can also book their in-house video or photography services or bring a freelancer to get the job done yourself. That's space, rehearsal, and recording located just a few short miles south of downtown Austin. They now offer rehearsal studios, audio recording, video production, a creator studio, and more. Go to spaceatx.com to find out more. And take the talent train from Schmoesville to ProTown with space, rehearsal, recording, and video production. Let's get down. Hey gang, I want to make a quick announcement. Since we started this podcast in 2011, only the last 20 episodes have been available on the streaming services. You had to go back to the Podbean app or to the website, howdidigethere.podbean.com, to access past the 20 last 20 episodes. Well, gang, big surprise. As of now, the last 100 episodes are available on all streaming sites. That includes the From the Vault episodes. All of the episodes, the last 100 episodes from this episode back are available now on all streaming services, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast. Go there. Whichever one you're subscribed to, whichever one you use the most, go subscribe to How Did I Get Here. Follow us, rate us, leave us a comment if you can, and, uh, and check out the episodes, man. Get out there and enjoy the last 100 episodes of How Did I Get Here on your favorite streaming services. Let's get down. Johnny, I'm your host. Welcome to the show. I hope you guys have all had a good week, whatever it is you do during the week. It's been a beautiful week here in Austin. Gorgeous weather, just running around outside, living the dream, playing with Rosie a lot. My girlfriend Jenny and I took the day Wednesday and just kind of like ran around and did stuff. We haven't seen each other much. She was working ACL and working during the week and we just weren't seeing much of each other the last few weeks, but we really had just a beautiful day. It was a gorgeous day. Walked around with Rosie. There was this crazy F1 event going on because F1's going on this weekend. There was this crazy F1 go, uh, event going on over by Oracle, which is kind of by where I live. And we were out walking Rosie and there was all kinds of like fences up and security around. So we went over there to see what the, what the, uh, you know, what the, what the big deal was. They told us there was a big event there and it, they, they brought in a car in like a helicopter, like the winning guy's car or something. It's crazy. F1 is crazy. I don't, I don't even understand it because there's nothing about it that ever happens in my world until it's like here. And then my big thing is like, oh yeah, the killers are playing or, or, uh, you, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> you kind of get like the, I know who the musical thing is. Like usually I know who's playing the halftime performance of the Super Bowl before I really know who's playing the game. 
<laughs> anyway, great week going on here. Uh, sad loss of our of our uh, friend of the show, Dwight Twilly, power pop legend from the seventies and eighties and all the way up to now. Uh, we lost him on Wednesday. Uh, there's I put up both of our conversations that we had in twenty fifteen. Uh, they're right before this on the feed, wherever it is you're listening to it. But uh, sad loss, man. I'm a huge fan of that dude. I'm a huge fan of his music. I have really, really enjoyed those conversations and talking to him. You can tell. We both laughed. And also, I got to make him laugh, and that's always exciting when you can make stuff like one of your heroes laugh. So there's a few times I make him laugh during the thing, and that was exciting. So check it out. Dwight Twilley. If you don't know who he is, get hit, man. You'll be blown away. His last record, that record always... It had so many people on it. Susan Calcil, Mitch Easter, just legends. Ron Flint, everyone from 2020 was on the show. It's like a power pop. Uh, it's like a power, <laughs> like a power pop orgy of genius. So we'll be missing that great Dwight Twilley, man. Artist, visual artist, musician, great dude. Go check him out, DwightTwilley.com. If you don't know who he is, I'm serious, get hip. All right, gang. So a couple of months ago, I've got a great show for you today. It's a real long show. It's, it's a really, it's my favorite kind of show where I actually do get to know someone throughout the thing that I'm kind of friends with. And then we really like, I don't know, man, uh, the dead coats, great band here in Austin. I just had Lauren Warner on their singer a couple of uh, months ago when they released, released their single reach, which they had done with the Austin music foundation. Uh, when I was with them last year, they were part of our artist development program. And, uh, I got very close with Lauren and became very close with Alex who became their bass player during that time. And we're all friends, man. I think the world of these guys and they got this drummer, amazing drummer with this phenomenal energy, Robbie Mueller. And uh, they got him back uh, earlier this year and I saw him, met him first at a show. But when we first met, we totally connected. We totally hit it off. There's something about him that I just kind of knew I really liked. And one of the things about it is that there's, there's a certain kind of drummer, a certain, I'm serious, I'm serious. There's a certain kind of drummer, like a Taylor Hawkins. That's a perfect example, like a high energy, super creative, brings so much to the table. Once you play with a guy like that, it's hard to get your head around playing without them. I had a guy like that. Bill Leffler was in my band Gowdy. And he brought so much to the table. He wrote music. He played all kinds of instruments. He, he, he brought all of this energy. And also with it, there was like a positive uplift with his thing. Like he's always lifting the room. Like, come on, guys. Let's go. Let's take it on. That kind of energy is invaluable in a band. Like there's no, there's no price. It's priceless. <laughs> there's no price. It's priceless. Sorry, I should edit that out because I sound stupid. But you know what I mean. Like, this is a person you don't want to be in a band without. So I met, I met, uh, I met Robbie at this gig and uh, hit it off with him. He made me laugh and he played great. And then I ended up going to some rehearsals and I saw the way that he connected with the music and the songs and the way that he was just trying to make each song better. Everybody, like kind of directing everybody, he kind of as that musical director, kind of has this understanding of the songs quarterly, melodically, rhythmically, more than like most what you'd think a drummer would be like. But anyway, he's an incredibly uh, musical drummer, incredibly great drummer, and just a beautiful person with amazing energy. So he came over one night. I don't normally do these podcasts at night, but I thought, oh, that'll be good. He came over. I think he might have had a beer, but we definitely smoked a little uh, funny, funny business there and just sat down for an hour and a half and just got to know each other. And it's fucking great, man. He's had a harrowing couple of years. He lost both of his parents over the last two years. You know, and he's he, he's just been rising above it. 
and and pushing himself forward. And he lives in this crazy place, like not very far from where I live, but this crazy like artist compound apartment complex. He talks about it in there. It's crazy. Uh, but he lives up the street there and he's just immersed in art. He's an amazing drummer, amazing artist, super cool dude. And without further ado, from one of my favorite bands in town, the Dead Coats. Oh, oh shit. I almost forgot. Gang. So when we went into the Austin... <laughs> When, when we went in to do recordings earlier this year with the Dead Coats or, or at the end of last year, whenever it was, uh, we went in and recorded two songs with them. One of them was Reach and one of them was a song called If I Was a Man. So I reached out to, uh, to Lauren today from Dead Coats and I was like, hey, when are you guys releasing If I Was a Man? I'd love to. And there, she's like, oh, we don't have a date for it yet. It'll be sometime in the next couple months. But if you want to play it and give the people a sneak peek of a brand new Dead Coats song, you're welcome to. So here it is, gang. It, you're not going to hear it all in its entirety. You'll hear it in three pieces. But stick around. Enjoy my conversation with this brilliant, lovely human being, the great Robbie Mueller from the Dead Coats, and enjoy a sneak peek of their upcoming single, If I Was a Man. Let's get down. From recently, oh, uh, was it night on YouTube? Was it the MTV one where they went in somebody's background or backyard? No, no, no. It's it's from somebody's phone. From I, I, I didn't watch the whole thing, but I watched some of it. It's from recently. The production of that show was fucking over the top, man. Like I didn't realize Ooh. like that many people still came to see them. Oh I realize, yeah, I didn't Dude. realize how I like. I thought he just started directing Halloween movies <laughs> and like. <laughs> Well, first off, it started with the cannibal, like hillbilly cannibals, and then it went to Halloween. Right, right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. Um, but do, uh, do you listen to alternative radio? Oh, I listen. Honestly, I listen to everything. Like, there's my always my big thing has always been like there's too much music from like 300 years ago to now to not listen to all of it. Now, yeah. I definitely have genres where I don't listen to as much, like modern country, but I do love Towns Van Zant or uh, Conway Twitty. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Conway Twitty, baby. Oh, yeah. That was, was one of my dad's favorite artists. Yeah. Oh. How, how, how old's your dad? Uh, he was 58 when he passed away. Oh. Oh, yeah. sorry, man. I mean, hey, you know, that is the way of life. Everybody's got to go at some point. I'm just glad uh, he was asleep when oh, it happened. Oh, shit. Hey, but both of my parents were asleep when they passed away. So They both passed away? Not uh, at the same time, right? No, my mom was like two years ago on Valentine's Day. Oh, fuck. And then my, my dad was this January on the 15th. Jesus. Yeah, it was, uh, it was a little rowdy. It was interesting. You know, man, I got to say this thing. You and me have uh, like connected like when we met. <laughs> right? I didn't even say a word yet. It was just like, hi, just, I'm me. We're bros, yeah. right? <laughs> Just but it's instantly. funny, like, I lost my mom when I was a teenager, but there's, like, a thing that, oh. like, you're the last guy 
I would think that happened to you when I met you. And it just, ha- you know what I mean? <laughs> well, you also met me half naked behind the drums, sweating my no, balls No, but there's off. an energy to you where there's not like a, oh man, you're never going to believe the couple of years I've just had. You know what I mean? Like there's a fucking, uh, there's like a, uh, there's like a, a graciousness in it and a, and like an open energy to you. Like a dog. Well, that's uh, <laughs> you know what I mean. <laughs> Everybody I'm the same way. Oh, it's okay. There was a day everybody was just like finding out who was what dog style. All three of them looked at me and was just like retriever. <laughs> I totally golden totally, retriever. It was yeah, like yeah. they were all debating each other, and they just looked at me. And it was like unanimous decision. There's no argument. It was hilarious. <laughs> I mean, that also comes a lot with like feeling it when you need to. Like, so my mom, the last thing she got me before she passed away, right? was the single press of level terrace apart oh yeah 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 dude so it had like the other side where it was like the faster like tuned up like recording and then there's the slower like actual recording you hear like on the radio and stuff um you know like points where it's like my mom's birthday which is weird because it's on 9 11 um jeez yeah (laughs) yeah the story doesn't get much better it just keeps getting weirder and weirder <laughs> it's like falling downstairs, but faster. Me oh no, it's okay. okay she good. wanted fireworks that year okay. for her birthday, and it didn't turn out that way. <laughs> oh yeah, well, it did turn out that way. Well, not in the like, way she was hoping yeah, for. Where, 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 where are you from? Where did they live? Uh, so my dad's from Colorado. Came to Rockwall area. My mom's always been from Louisville, Texas. Uh, she. <clears throat> Met my dad at a party one night and then realized they were stuck together. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So they stayed together. Yeah. Dude, they like, stayed together till the very end. Very end. Which was... Died young. <sighs> she was 50. Jesus Christ. Yeah, like she had just had her 50th birthday in September and then February happened. She got COVID oh. on the 9th. She died of COVID? Yeah. Well, I mean, she had like complications because she was overweight. She had asthma. She's... All these comorbidities going on, and like she went and got the Moderna one. Yeah, uh, my dad got the Pfizer one, and I got the Pfizer one, and we felt really good. But my mom was having struggles with the uh, Moderna one, and she caught COVID just before going to get the second dose, and happened like really fast. Because like the third day, she called me and she was like, she sounded tired. Like my mom, my mom was just as jovial as I am. So when I heard her sound that tired, I knew something was wrong. Yeah. Kind of freaked me out. Same thing with my dad, right? We got hit by that car in December um, and, you know, kind of broke my foot along like... Wait, you were in a car accident? Uh, <laughs> again, the story just gets weirder. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> December 26th, we were driving. It was like seven minutes away from dropping my dad off at home. And I was going to head back to Austin. We we're coming from like my brother's house. And somebody thought they had enough time to cross an intersection because they were at a stop. I literally saw them stopped at the stop sign. And they, I guess they thought it had enough time and sideswiped us. We fell in a ditch. We had a tree. Car was wrecked. Like the, the engine block was pushing out of the radio. Jesus Christ. It was gnarly. Dude. Yeah, he had like a blasted like, or a blast or a com- Compacted uh, spinal fracture. Hey, will um, you spank her? Not bad. Just get her attention. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm beat her, but <laughs> nah, just pat the butt. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he had a blown disc. That's what it was, and he had a fracture on a lower 
Uh, I can't think of that. Vertebrae. There we go. And he had to have surgery, and it was a quick surgery. He was out of the hospital in five days. Um, but, you know, I got that same call about three days before he passed away where he was just like, I'm really, really tired. Oh, and this man's no. has been through, like, deployment, deployment. Like, this man has seen death a couple times in the face and laughed Wait, at Wait, like, the army or what? what army, it? yeah. Army? Paratrooper, uh, grunts. You know, he was also first, DOD. First Gulf War or second one? Uh, no, no. His yeah. first one, I believe, was Desert Storm. Desert Storm. Iraqi that was the Freedom. 91? Yeah, 91, yeah. I believe, 92. Um, his last tour was DOD in Kuwait. And then, you know, Mortar fucked his knees up. Oof. Yeah, like the the shock wave kind of like got around the base, and he already had like really bad knees. Anyways, yeah, yeah. blew his knees out. Oh. Get a he had plastic knees for about ten years. Jesus, it was terrible because he would knock on his knees sometimes, and it was like hitting a bottle of water. It was gross, man. Oh, I think about the times where he used to like move his knee around. Ugh. Oh yeah, dude, it was disgusting. Dude, man, that's some heavy ass shit though. I mean, that's where the best I, music comes from. That's why I just do it. Cause like, I mean, I agree with that, but I don't. I don't want people to have to go through bad stuff. Mm. Is that that Barry one? Oh yeah. You know, they were giving Blue them Florida. to me for a while. You know, Scott Collins. Yeah. He hooked me up with this. Like, oh, here's here's the guy, and oh, Johnny has a show. He's like, oh yeah. They brought me a delivery, <laughs> and then like when I called to re up, they were like, dude, you don't you don't post anything. <laughs> and I was like, I couldn't get it. I couldn't get anyone to drink it. I'm talking about Guayaquil Yerba Mate. Great drink. Oh, that, yeah. but that fucking blueberry one is amazing. Let me Good tell you order. now. I was told that Frenchie apparently goes into the studio and just has like five of them. Dude. So I'm going to challenge him and bring a pallet and just see who. No, no, no. They have pallets there. Oh, my God. You'll never see Scott. Look at Scott. Call every like couple of months, he posts a thing, the fucking pallet thing and his dog. Oh, hell yes. It's, it's fucking stacked. That is so great. Yeah, I, I drink these things like water sometimes. Are they good for you or bad for you? you ever if, if you eat first, you know, like it's like it's like trying not to eat before or trying to eat before you take a lot of caffeine in. I wouldn't say it it's doesn't the give me that thing. much of a caffeine jam. I don't drink caffeine, period. That's the thing. Oh, so this is like. A shot in the ass. Okay. <laughs> this is like my first introduction to caffeine. Yeah. Like I never really got into coffee because it would just put me to sleep. Really? Five hour energies would be like five minutes. Really? <laughs> yeah. Wow. I was always like, I was naturally awake sometimes. And then if I was out, I was out. There yeah. was no hope. <laughs> you know, man, I, uh, I want to say this quickly before I forget. Um, okay. but that I, uh, your when I when I first saw you I first saw you play. That was uh, at the apartment, right? No, no, no. It was at uh, South by Southwest when oh, it was cold. That's right. Oh yeah. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but I I I saw that show and there was like this whoa just this energy that you brought to this band you know and mm. like in a way that I can compare to not the way that you play or anything but the same kind of style of energy as like a Taylor Hawkins, like a guy that's like fucking, you can't help but like be up around him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you, oh, you yeah. have that energy like in your playing too, which is fucking awesome. Like it's a, a lift and a whole thing. 
A lot but, of trial and error. Yeah. But then when I went to the apartment, which by the way, I talked about that with uh with Lauren. With Lauren about just how fucking surreal that is living. Like part of me is like, ah, I would love to live there when I was in my twenties. Not because I lived in a recording studio when I was in my twenties. Oh, okay. I mean that makes sense because like you're full, you know, piss and vinegar, you're willing to do whatever. Like sleep on the couch gets free studio time. Not anymore though. Oh hell no. Yeah. No, I get that. No way. <laughs> like See, when I went when I was there that day, I was like the whole time I was like, God, it's so fucking loud. Remember we were outside and Josh was playing? The one riff he, over and over. Yeah. Right, but like it fucking it was so loud. I was like, how does anybody live here? So what we're talking about is what's it called? The Metropolis. Metropolis. Yeah. And it's this apartment complex. Explain what it is. So basically it's uh it's, it's the most it's like Austin a, thing. It's ever. like a little weird commune situation, but it's like it's like a structured commune almost. Yeah. Except you don't work for each other. You kind of like right, right. Police everybody's business, right? But um, basically, you drive in, and all the buildings are individually painted like certain colors. And this is like past tenants that did all that stuff. Um, there's a pool that like normally has shows going on every other weekend. Uh, and like everybody that lives in the apartment either runs the sound or does the lights for everyone. Yeah. And then everybody's allowed to practice from the time of 10 to 10. Right. And uh, at that point, it's like cops get noise complaints at the Met and they're just like, all right, hang up the phone. <laughs> it's like, why are you calling us about this place? Right. So what are the, the you got to be done by 10 or something? Uh, or by 11? So obviously like no drumming. I mean, I'm still pretty bad at following that rule after no, 10. Okay, after 10. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was going to say you were drumming there that day. Oh, no, no, no. Yeah, after 10. Right. Um, most music, people don't care as long as it's not like shaking the walls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like they're still pretty thin, but it's not like... I mean, yeah. It's not like he, New York he, apartment style. He was style. so loud outside when he was jamming that riff. Oh, it was funny too because there was that band behind us practicing. And then <laughs> my friend Chris, the one I was telling you about earlier, he was over in his apartment playing out something because he's like... He's writing a whole like uh, movie score right now. Yeah, and he's it sounds fantastic. It's so, amazing. Okay, so that that's the place where you live. If yes. you want to, if you live in Austin, you're looking for a place to live, and you and you have this kind of like need in your it's life. Cheap. I, I mean, I can. It's got to be. I have a one room, and I my rent raised just a little bit. And yeah, yeah, it's it's only now eleven hundred. Wow, it's great. Wow. Um. So what I was going to say is that when I went in there that day, I was like, oh, this is really cool. Because before you were in the band, there wasn't like a musical director, like an MD. You know what I mean? <laughs> and there needs to be, right? Yeah, There yeah. needs to be. And it's got to be like an instrument player. It can't just be like the singer. It has to be like an instrument player that mm -hmm. can talk to the other instrument people about what they're doing. Oh, yeah. And, oh. and, and your role is that, like, you are awesome at it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I was like, oh, now I, I don't know if you heard the conversation I had with Lauren, but that's what I, I picked up from that. And I was like, okay, so this guy's like not only brings the good energy on stage and plays really fucking great. I don't know if I said that yet. But, oh, thank you. But yeah, you thank play you. really great. And then also you, you, you have like a handle on all of the music, which is pretty incredible. And we're going to get to that in just a second. Fair. Right. I wanted to finish that thought, but I have to go back to another thing and it has to do with your mom's passing. Mm. So did you, after when you, after you, after your mom passed away, what's your feeling on vac vaccines and vaccinations and getting vaccinated? I mean, I, 
I have been vaccinated a lot as a kid and it worked out cause like I got chicken pox super young right. and then got the shot for it. Never really had the issue. But what um, about the, the COVID? I can't lie. I, you, I mean, be honest. Yeah. I don't know. I never really, I never caught COVID personally until like the second wave of it. Just cause like I never really lost my taste or smell, but there was a point where like I have asthma. So like there was a point where I definitely was like, catching certain symptoms of like whatever that second wave was. And a lot of that had to deal with like chest complications. There was points in the night where I didn't fall asleep because I was just breathing too hard. Um, I did get both shots and I did, I do think that helps, especially with having asthma. Right. Right. But I didn't get the boosters also just because I really hate needles, even though I have tattoos all over. Yeah. (laughs) But I don't like needles unless it takes a really long time and makes noise. Yes, exactly. (laughs) I want constant pain, not the quick prick. Okay. (laughs) By the way, quick prick is the name of my memoir I've been working on for the last few months. Oh, that's my next website. (laughs) Quickprick.com. I mean, my thing is, is everybody's got to do their research on it. For me, it works. I think it helps. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I do, I can say if I can try and get this out correctly. Certain companies have different ways of processing it, probably. Right. Which is why I think, like with mine, with the Pfizer one, I didn't really have as many complications. Right. My mom had the Moderna one, and it was like all the time. Quick, but 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 like you are probably the first person that I've ever met that has all the right to be like a no that's fucking fuck that shit you know what i mean i mean that's fair i, I you also, know what i mean you're, you're the only person that is in a position that i wouldn't be like come on man I'd like, I'd be like <laughs> you know what dude yeah i guess you you lost someone to it i also know it works because my dad literally almost passed away from covid with my mom at that same time but he already had a second shot and he he doesn't have as many comorbidities but he also smokes cartons a day drinks profusely like doesn't really take care of himself as much like he was definitely overweight as well you know like he maybe had one or two things less going on with him than my mom did but he definitely wasn't sounding any better on the phone you know and he he is a bit of a skeptic on a lot of things but he is thankful that he did get those those shots yeah. Cause he, okay, he thinks good. that did help that's him good. out. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's why I'm thinking like, it depends on like how your body reacts to it. It depends on like, it's kind of like regular, like drugs, you know, like mushrooms. It's not the fact that you're bad or it's not the fact that the substance is super bad. It's just, how is it going to affect you? Right. Exactly. I also don't know how they fully process that stuff. So I can't really say much beyond that. Right. Cause I don't work for them. Do you, uh, like, did you, do, I mean, you seem okay with it. Is it, is it something like, are you all right? Are you like, is the grief, are you? Oh, I'm going to be real. I'm about to have my first birthday without my parents. I, when is am, that? I'm a fucking mess. <laughs> it's yeah. uh, September 29th, but that's the thing is I'm throwing a big old birthday party at my apartment. Um, <laughs> like how else do I battle it? But like do it the weekend before with all my friends, get all that out of the way so I can, deal with myself and the people I'd like to be around on the 29th. You know what I mean? Like it's a balance. Cause like I didn't really get to do a lot as a kid. So I was just like getting it out now, getting all the crazy party out. That's why I can live at the Met. Cause like, why didn't you, why didn't you get to do a lot when you were a kid? 
I think my parents were more worried about trying to get me involved in something more than anything. You're an only child? No, I'm the youngest of three. Okay. Uh, love them to death, by the way. Um, what do your other siblings do? One is in, if I'm not mistaken, he's in Okinawa right now. I believe Air Force. Um, and then my other brother, the oldest one, he is up in the colony. He works for USAA, I believe. Up in the colony? Uh, it's like 45 minutes North northeast of, of Dallas. Oh, of Dallas. Yeah. The colony. That's what it's called. It's called the colony. Like a commune or something. <laughs> it is a very clean city. It's yeah. weird. Do you get along with them? I love them. Yeah. Uh, we've okay. had our bouts. <laughs> Definitely. Um, but like, you know. But you don't, you don't know how like the, the Air Force, you said, does the Air, was it an Air Force guy? I believe so. Okay. Yeah. My middle brother. Yeah. Yeah. You could see how, like, you know, they might not, like, the drummer guy that lives at the Metropolis is not the guy that they're, like, fucking, I'm that guy. You know what I mean? In my family. Well, I mean. I'm me the f- cautionary tale in my family. See, <laughs> I mean, he's nice, but you don't want to end up like that guy. I mean, it's, it's funny because, like, none of us were really a cautionary tale. We were just like, hey, don't take that step. But look how he bounced back. It's right. it's cool. Like none of us are stuck in a gutter, right? Which is pretty. I don't know, but I feel like it's uncommon to be able to say with three brothers who didn't get along for the, like the first quarter of knowing each other. Right. Uh, what's the age difference? Uh, between me and the oldest is four years. And oh shit! You're two close in age. Yeah, two between me and the middle. Okay. Yeah. So you could either be a band or. Oh, we tried living. Your, oh, you did. <laughs> the family was like very music oriented. Oh, that was the thing. It was like it all started out with this lovely game called Rock Band and Guitar Hero. Right, right. And uh, it was like he always tried to play drums. Or no, he was on guitar. Kiever was the singer, and I was always trying to play drums. And uh, they would always have their friends over, and they would. <laughs> this is why I know Bon Jovi very well because they would play "Wanted Dead or Alive," yeah. trying to get gold stars on that, yeah, with, yeah. like a full band. Yeah. That was like an every Friday night routine for them. It was hilarious. So. Fucking Bon Jovi. <laughs> and they would play that and uh, Welcome Home by Coheed and Cambria. And they'd get gold stars and then they'd just keep doing it. I don't, did you get into, is that how you got into music was through that? Uh, no, it starts way before that. <laughs> what, what, what was it? Um, so my mom was a concert reviewer for a radio station in Louisville. That's cool as shit. <laughs> yeah. So she got to meet all these crazy bands. Like if you ever get a chance, there's a Dallas group called uh, Down Low by a, my mom's friend, Howard Hancocks. Ah, uh, dude. Killer band. Okay. Fucking phenomenal. Like very good alternative music. Right, right. Um, But she got to throw around and meet all these people. And at that point... When I started getting of age, like my first concert was two years old for Tom Petty. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, dude. Like 98, I believe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I don't know where, but I just know it was around then. Some in 99 that year. Yeah. That's, see, it's fucking cool. Yeah, yeah. And they showed me like the concert lineup and all that stuff and all the set lists. And I was just like, how do you still have all of this? Yeah. And my mom was obsessed with Duran Duran, right? Opens up this big old blue chest full of drumsticks from 
drumsticks that are signed to drumsticks that are broken to brand new pairs of drumsticks from Duran Duran. From setless, neatly folded to shirts they she, she could have been a Duran. She was like younger than me, your mom. Uh, I believe she, she was 1970. Yeah, yeah. I was born in 68. She's eight yeah. years age. Yeah. So she, she followed them around every time they were in Texas. So like, hell, she even went to Europe once to go see him. She was obsessed. No shit. Loved him. Wow. But a lot of that was just because like listening to my mom's music, listening to my dad's music. I think the first two songs I ever remember hearing was Highway to Hell and Brain Damage. Wow. <laughs> Which, I mean, good precedent for the rest of the life. Yeah, but. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but your mom also, she got you the uh, level terrace apart. Ah, uh, yeah. So uh, it was so she January. Was in, she was into she was into new wave music. Oh yeah, yeah. she was an eighties kid. Of yeah, course, yeah, she loved yeah. new wave. It's I woke best. up every morning and MTV was playing. Most of the time, when I lived in Rockwall, I was like middle school. Yeah, I would wake up to MTV playing, and Breaking the Habit was normally the video that was on the TV. What's Breaking the Habit? Lincoln Park. Okay. I'm breaking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, dude, the animation on that thing blew my mind every day. It was that and uh, had like a hole for Nine Inch Nails video. Yeah. All that weird stuff, man. And she kept showing all, all of that to me, like Love and Rockets, yeah. um, Bauhaus, Sisters of Mercy, yeah. Front 242, all that stuff, man. See, man, more people should listen. I love, I love all that music. I love Sisters of Mercy oh, so much, yes. man. There's a record. Uh, what's the one that has a... Hey now, hey now, na now. Sing oh God! This corrosion to me. Hey now, hey. I it's first heard that at a fucking album? dance club, man. Dude, if you ever get the chance, Flood. I think so. I yeah. Uh, if you ever get the chance, go to Houston and. That's why uh, I heard it in Houston at a dance club. At numbers? No. Ah. Uh, no, but I know numbers. I love well. we were numbers. Just talking about it last night. Oh, dude, Montrose is so fun. It's rowdy there sometimes, but I played numbers, but dude, check this out. <laughs> I fucking uh, I used to be friends with the dude that owned it, Bruce, who was the mm. uh, the DJ guy. Right. Yeah. Uh, super cool guy to me. I saw I saw him being not so cool to other people, but he was really nice. <laughs> to me. Um, and I worked at Whole Foods. Mm. It was on Shepherd there, uh. And across the street was his record store in the in the late eighties and early nineties. The record rack. He had a record store too. I think that was that big one. Like there was one in Houston that Cactus. everybody. Yeah. 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 No. 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 His was smaller, and it was like that's where you went and got like shit. They didn't have. I mean, that's where you like in the eighties. Like that's where you went and got like the new order. Oh hell yeah! Twelve inches and shit. Oh like hell that. yeah! And like the the fucking Sisters of Mercy twelve. I think that's where I got the my Sisters of Mercy twelve inch. But like you'd hear shit on, you'd, you'd see other people. It was so awesome. I'm so glad I can talk about that. I don't think I've ever <laughs> talked about this on the podcast. Uh, how cool his scene was. I, I worked at Whole Foods, right? So like you would go, there was a scene on, on Thursday night. For some reason, that was the place to go kind mm. of uh, in, in like 80. Oh, yeah. 8, 89, That was 90. especially with like all that new wave music. That yeah. was like their peak, I believe. I think it was. And there was other places too, but Thursday night, like that was the jam. So it, you you would go there and you'd hear some new fucking song. Oh, yeah. And then you'd go to Record Rack and you'd be like, dude, what was that fucking song? And you'd be like, oh, yeah, yeah, shit's over there. Well, shout and out to you'd Wes go over there. You'd go over there and fucking buy it. And then all of a sudden you'd hear someone walk in and be like, hey, dude. 
what was that shit you were spinning on? And you're like, oh, this dude is a genius. Like, <laughs> he goes and fucking turns these people on to new music and then opens his store the next day. And all these kids are like, where's that fucking thing you played last night that was so cool? Oh, dude. That was awesome. It was, it's wicked to hear my arms down. It's fucking <laughs> wicked. It was such a scene. See, they're in DJ nowadays. His name is Wes Wallace, man. Oh, that's who it is? Phenomenal. He's got his own, uh, like, it's like a, a streaming app that he has that basically plays all the things that he does at numbers. Oh, so really? if you're ever wanting to find that song, it's kind of like how KUTX has it where it's like yeah. recently played. Yeah. Um, and it shows you like the mix that he's done. He also yeah. does all this crazy shit where it's like throws up videos of combined like videos and throws like mix like Depeche mode with nine inch nails and a little bit of love and rockets on top, like kind of mixes and all of it's just a whole scene, dude. Shout out to West, dude. They, they kill it up there. Every Friday, it's like classic numbers night. Is that when you, so when did you start going there? Uh, it was probably the last year I lived in Houston before like the pandemic. I went once and then I was just like, this place is fun. Why were you living in Houston? That's a great question. <laughs> uh, I, I moved there with an ex and then we realized we were just terrible for each other. Oh. Yeah. And then I was in Houston. Oh, I was also, I was doing some music gigs down there as well. Um, but I was driving from Nacogdoches because I was going to college at the time. Didn't finish, but I was going. What were you, <laughs> you, you going to be? I was trying to go as a <laughs> saxophone performance major and education minor. Okay. But, uh, you know, 8 a.m. Oh, you'd be classes. good at that the way that you handled the band when you were music directing. You had a nice yeah. touch. But that's the thing. 8 a.m. classes. Mean. Yeah. We're not friends. <laughs> <laughs> so... I, uh, I did a year and then, you know, got a job and then met a person. Then we moved and that didn't work out. So I was in Houston for a little bit, changing ideas, trying to just be like, what's happening anymore? Like figuring it out. Moved in with this group of folks, love them to death. I still talk to them nowadays. Um, and funny enough, one of them is going to be playing on my show on the 23rd, a band called Kill the Lizard. Fucking heavy band man really? like great melodic like thrash music coming from houston they're gonna be here on the 23rd knocking out some songs and they uh they were the kind of crew that kind of took me in and was just like hey you're you're doing a lot of things for no reason chill the fuck out sit down have a beer think about life and it it worked out yeah because then you know the pandemic happened and I was just, I had just broken up with my girlfriend at the time and we were living together, but not in the same room, thankfully. Oh God. I was upstairs. She was downstairs. Still weird. Still weird. Yeah, <laughs> Very it's, weird. Yeah, it's awful. Um, so at that point I was just picking up guitar cause I had so much more free time cause I wasn't going to work as much. Um, what were you doing for work? Pizza delivery. Cool. Mm. You know, good old food service. That's an exhausting one, huh? Oh, you gotta find yeah. places and shit, and you well, gotta fucking drive and hear me all out. these weird miles on your car. And I love driving because yeah. I was so used to driving from Dallas to Houston because I had to go do rehearsals in Houston. Um, it was like Winter Guard, like indoor drumline and stuff like that. Yeah, still, that's a long drive. Oh yeah, but that's the thing. It got me accommodated to driving for long periods of time because then I could sing forever. I could sing that whole four-hour drive, and nobody was judging me but me. Yeah. And that's how I got comfortable seeing. Yeah. So, you know, doing that. Plus, all that time delivering pizzas and stuff, 
you end up talking to the right person, you have a whole new list of music to listen to the rest of the day. That was the cool part about pizza delivery. Just listening to music, writing out ideas for songs. Like oh, yeah. it, as much as it was kind of a shitty job, yeah. it gave a good basis of like all the things I'm using now yeah. because I had so much free time. Yeah. Also, I could get very stoned driving pizzas around. So yeah. it's great. Do you ever, did you ever fuck up and just like, man, I can't do it, man. I just got to eat one of these pieces of pizza and serve, no, say, because, take someone with a slice missing. <laughs> no, because somebody would always prank call in a pizza one day or like every day I would oh, work. Really? So we'd always have food. Oh, that's good. Yeah. But I, I have a feeling sometimes it was one of our own like coworkers because it always, it was always the same, always the same pizza at the same time every day. And I was like, all right, love you, but I, I can't fucking take another cheese pizza, man. What do you mean? Another <laughs> another uh, Canadian bacon and pineapple with extra cheese? Oh, Again? man, sprinkle some jalapenos <laughs> on there. Oh, man. <laughs> but, was it Domino's? No, it was Marco's Pizza. What's A local one? Like an independent one? Uh, it's like... It's below Papa John's. Like It's like... There's chains out there. There's chains up in Dallas. There's chains out here, um, like but, Mr. Gaddy's and shit like that. Yeah, but yeah, maybe a little more popular than Gaddy's. Okay, because I see more of Whoa. Marco's than Ouch. Gaddy's pizza. I've only seen one Gaddy's pizza out here. I think here. it's dropped in in popularity since. Oh yeah, the, last the one in Dallas closed down that I was living by. Yeah, yeah, and that was my mom's favorite place. Was it that a place called Milano's Pizza? I don't know that place, but it was like deep dish pizza, but All like. Right. Oh, it was pretty decent. I'm like a crispy crust guy. I'm a stuffed crust. Are you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and that's the dumb part, too. I can't do cheese very well. Yet, I just want more and more. <laughs> Isn't it weird? I'm not going to go into it because I'm not trying to be political. <laughs> but whenever I think of like the stuffed crust pizza, wasn't that the one that Donald Trump was in the commercial for in the 90s? Like when Papa John's or something it? like that? No, I think it was Pizza Hut. I think so. <laughs> and it was like him and his ex-wife talking about how. Yeah, they were like in a black room and they were just like holding the pizza like dude, it was a diamond. in a black room. It's like a fucking gold room. With like, oh, yeah. yeah gold, gold. Anyway. Sorry, I mean, it was, it was a black on, wall on with gold thing. lining. Yeah, yeah, there yeah, we go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's what I always think of when I think. But I, not, be, not even because he was president. Like just because I remember those commercials and going like, this is a weird kind of choice for this uh, to have this guy as the guy. You remember when he was on WWE? No, but I've seen that. <laughs> I used to watch The Apprentice, though. I loved it. And I loved him on there. Oh, is that I the one, the show that he had? Yeah, the show. That was the thing, man. My mom. Was she into I, it? I want to keep opinions out of it. But like, my mom hated the dude, but loved the show. Me too. I loved, <laughs> I loved, I loved him on the show because I thought he was aware of how funny it was when he would say something was the greatest thing ever. Like, <laughs> this is the greatest. Like, yeah, just yeah, the pause. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Today we're going to be selling uh, the world's biggest ice cream firm, and all of the world sell more ice cream than anyone else. Blue Bunny. Like, 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 it's not the biggest ice cream thing in the world, dude. You just hear blue and you're like, oh, hell yeah. Bring it on, Texas. And you're like, who the fuck is this? (laughs) Anyway. Uh, Okay, so uh, you were delivering pizza in Houston. And then, so what happened? The the pandemic came and you moved to Austin? Well, I was also working Olive Garden at the time, too. Because I was trying to, 
I was trying to go from one tip base to another just without the hourly, apparently. So, <laughs> were the tips there pretty bad? At Marco's? No, at Olive Garden. Oh, no. Tips at Olive Garden were great. That's oh, why good. I was willing to drop the hourly and tips to go just straight to tips. Okay, good. Um, especially when it was like, for some reason, when the pandemic happened and like we were able to start kind of letting people in, we made so much more money on certain days and then we would make no money the next day. It was, it was weird. Wait, when the pandemic, you started letting certain people in? Yeah, I don't know how like they, half full or whatever. Like quarter every capacity, other table, I think it was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, and so I don't, I don't know how they expected people to survive on that shit. I don't. I do not know how they expected people to survive on that shit. It was a that was a period of time. Let's just that was a whole period of time that we all lived through. That was weird. It was so weird. There was so I, I, much. There was a, uh, uh, do you know who Tom Calicchio is? That sounds familiar. He's the guy from uh, Top Chef. Like the little, the bald guy from yeah, Top Chef. Okay. Yeah, okay. So he started a thing during the pandemic that was like this coalition of independent restaurants and all this stuff. And he went on some podcast that I listened to and kind of like explained what they were doing. But he also was like, this isn't gonna. This isn't gonna. You're not gonna go to a restaurant that uses bleach every time after somebody eats because you're gonna walk into a restaurant that smells like bleach, bleach. and that you're never gonna want to eat at the restaurant that smells like bleach. How in the fuck can we order stuff? Yeah, yeah. And 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 it doesn't sell, and it goes bad. Like we have to raise our prices then because everything the margins have gone up so wildly. Yeah, right, right, right. That was just how a, fucked up that was. Although I will say. Shout out to all the artists that made it work during that. There were like certain concerts that would go on live stream. Oh, and thanks. they would have like ways of interacting with them. Yeah. That shit was smart as hell. I did that. I was thinking about doing it again. That was genius, dude. Uh, I just don't know how many people would, would watch it. But yeah, I mean, that was that was also great for, for the, I mean, for, personally for me, mm. Skyrocket started doing it. And it worked so well, didn't it? Sometimes I think that we went on too long. Like we ended up going until like <laughs> until like a month before we started playing live at places again, where it was like it was, it was okay. just kind of like people were out. The vaccine was already happening. It's like June twenty twenty one. We were still doing them, ah. but uh, I I would do weekly ones like for a month and then mm. take a month off. But those were super fun, like interacting with the people and yeah. like people like. And it's weird because you do it for a month and then when you'd stop, people would be like, why? Dude, that was what I was doing on Thursday. Like me and the wife would fucking put it on the TV and like, oh, yeah. you know. Dude, I think Pussifer, they did, they oh, did yeah. some really cool shit. Yeah. Because they also released like an album around that time yeah. too. Oh. oh, it was cool. I thought some of the big production ones that were, were you here during that time already? When did you move here? Uh, I, I, I didn't get into the Met until like May of 21, but I was in Round Rock uh, May of 20. Oh, really? You moved here like in the height of... I think so, because there was... Yeah, there was a couple months... People were still wiping down their groceries. <laughs> Dude! <laughs> Do you remember put, people were putting gas in Walmart bags? Yeah, that I was, do remember that. I do. You know what happens is in these memories that come up on Facebook now in fucking in March, 
like like March like 16th or whatever mm. there's like video that I took of it just this long fucking line when they were only letting in a certain amount of people yeah and then one in one out <sighs> at oh. HEB just how freaky it was how See, silent it was thankfully I had all my friends doing all the shopping in the house yeah so it was either they ordered it from delivery or they went and picked it up on that curbside pickup and I just threw in the money and said thank you yeah, because I was not doing that. I, 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 I I'm, <laughs> I'm impatient. I started shopping like for ten days at a time, but it really fucking like it sucked. Especially the whole toilet paper thing. That was so. Yeah, that part was terrible. That was just unnecessary. Uh, keep on talking about how much you hate the toilet paper. <laughs> <laughs> and that was too, and I is it me or did toilet paper just get more coarse as like as the pandemic went on? Because like normally I have that Angel Soft brand, but uh, that Angel was not as soft during the pandemic. <laughs> I don't know. Man. You know, I had this theory during that time. You know what really kept me together was this doing this podcast. I just started putting out like fucking five a week. I can imagine because di- like practicing doing during Zoom. the pandemic yeah. was what saved my fucking brain. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, we would practice. Those were nerve wracking though. Wearing a mask for fucking three hours was horrible. Yeah, see, that's why I just didn't go out as much. Like, I just went to work, and uh, from there, it was just like, go to work, go to practice, go to bed, like, maybe see a friend. But at that point, I was also just like, I can't do anything right now. I have no money. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that and everything was close to hell. We got really lucky because we were about to have our busiest spring ever in Skyrocket. And the thing is, with private shows, you get half up front. You get a deposit. Okay, so at least that is kind of nice. And there was an act of God clause. So we really, like, we got paid. Wait, that's a real clause? Oh, yeah. And the contract of, yeah, yeah, yeah. An act of God clause. (laughs) Well, that's like the band, so you get to keep the deposit. If it's not your fault, you're not playing and you're still reserving that day which reminds me of certain portions of contracts where it's like we own the the likeness of your image from this universe and beyond I don't know if you've ever seen that in contracts but that's a real thing yeah I was it's ridiculous (laughs) that's crazy with that band Gaudi we were signed to that sort of thing that is in perpetuity yes there it is it's forever that fucking legalese right there yeah <laughs> but if you don't sell enough records, they give it all back to you. They're like, ah, we were just kidding, man. We just test <laughs> well, actually, they didn't give us back the the our masters, but the publishing company like, was like, whatever, dude. Here, so ahead. they didn't like fully Scooter Bronson you, but no. Okay, thank God. No. Um. So, uh, okay. So wait, back. What were we just saying before that? Uh, toilet paper. Toilet paper. No, in between toilet paper. And- <laughs> um. Oh, uh, oh, the contract. Artists. Okay, so yeah, making contract it thing. through. So yes. we had that. And then luckily our business is run by uh, a great person in our band and not one of the rest of us. <laughs> and we were able to get PPP loans and like, uh, and, and, and then by the time that happened, there was live streaming and people were really generous during that time. Like, I mean, 
with Skyrocket, we'd we'd do pretty well. I mean, we'd each make for a seven person band, we'd each make like a couple hundred bucks. But the solo ones that I would do were like Jesus, why did I ever leave my house to play a show? I just got to put <laughs> pants on and put my phone on that thing. And just doll up the apartment a little bit. <laughs> yeah. See, what was, I know like, also, I don't know if everybody knows about the AMF thing. Is that, is that public knowledge? I mean, this isn't going to come out for a while. At some, I mean, All right, cool. if the people are sending out, I heard a guy send out like 500 emails the other day about it. I, I just kept hearing that it's like, it's dissolving because the grants are gone. Yeah. Well, the grants, I mean, now there's like more grants than up. ever, but there, there's so many nonprofits now. You know, that's part yeah. of it. Uh, another reason is just like, I I believe that it's just, it's been difficult. Like people don't have the money to give. Like there aren't <sighs> the donations like there were. Like, oh, hey, we'll give a thousand bucks. Because mm-hmm. A, there was that pandemic. People were personally poor. And then yeah. now that when the economy goes down, then companies don't kind of like, throw money around like crazy that's fair yeah it's unfair i mean it's 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 not unfair it's just it's sad it's sad to see it go because i you know <laughs> well, we put in a lot of time working with them what no, was saying, say? lauren was saying a couple of weeks ago was like damn it we we get this dope iteration of the band and now amf is drying up <laughs> well the, i mean the thing is you already got through it and you're still getting like the radio stuff out of it and oh stuff, for those sure guys are holding so you're still it's oh yeah it, you if it would have happened like Last year at this time, yes, that would have been that would a real be terrifying. Game. Yeah, you guys wouldn't have had a thing. But yeah, speaking of which, shout out to you guys for doing that, dude. That is yeah, it's sad. We had just started making the playlist. Anar and I were putting our our favorite bands in, and then I was in uh, Pittsburgh with this band Fastball, and I'm sitting in my hotel room, and I got this "Can You Talk" text, and I open it up. I'm like, oh shit! Oh, so God. I call, and I kind of knew. I was like, oh, here it comes. You could feel it coming. I mean, it was just, it, oh, I it hate was those moments. Yeah. Though. Yeah. Oh. Damn, man. That's, yeah. that's terrifying. Sad. And I mean, that was also a job that, you know, six months out of the year I got paid to do. And it was, it was something I kind of, in a, in a month, like right now, Yeah, because we would have, would have already been in it. It would have totally saved my ass. <sighs> Wouldn't have to sell that fucking roads. See, that's what. I am thoroughly surprised that there are still people that are able to make this a living even after all of this. You got to do a lot of shit, man. Oh, I've started to experience. I totally understand that. You know, like if I, there is a silver lining in all of this, right? Yes. My dad did die, but there was a, like, we didn't get a lot, but there was a certain cushion that was handed down to me a little bit that I was able to float through summer especially with like all the gigs that were kind of like getting canceled this summer. Cause like, you know, working in event lighting, it's very fluid. Like summer. Oh, that's pretty, what you do right yeah, now. Yeah. I uh, do like stage lighting, uh, weddings, festivals, all this other stuff. Um, the dude that did our, uh, like video wall behind us. He's one of my neighbors. He's also a coworker. Oh, cool. One of my best friends. Um, he, it's been a dry summer, like a little more dry than yeah, normal. That's what I'm saying. If you guys are like, dry, then we're like skyrockets. Dry. Yeah, dude. Cause like we have nothing to set up. Yeah. So nobody's doing shit at it. So like this summer was one of those things where it was like, had I not had the ability to float pretty comfortably on like, again, it sucks cause I had to lose my dad, but you know, at least I'm doing the thing my parents were pushing me to do forever. Cause like 
this whole summer, like every day was just practice, merch, writing stuff down, getting a calendar, fighting the new dude. Like it was <laughs> every, it was every day. And then July guys, came around. Oh yeah. And that was the search. We found Buddha pretty fast. Which, and how's he, he's working out, right? Oh, dude, it was great. That, that writing session I was telling you about the other, like a minute ago. Yeah. yeah. Dude. <laughs> he takes it on like I just throw him throw him some snacks you know see what he's gonna eat and that man just eats it all up and he tries it out and then when Alex threw in that other thing like hey try this bridge out try out these like four chords I was like I was a little skeptical at first because I was like I've been thinking of ideas forever and you're gonna be able to just throw something out like that and she did yeah <laughs> like like yeah, a yeah. fucking genius it was yeah. hilarious and that was our first writing session we got like a whole two and a half minute thing put together and then a 45 minute or a 45 second idea. That's great. It was awesome. And do you play with anyone else? I play in another group called Idealis. So one of my other neighbors, he came in from New York and uh, he's had this kind of like project for a while, but he just didn't have a group to take it live with. And this, that was actually the group I joined before I joined dead coats. But um, they were also like rotating members, not dead coats, but idealies. They were trying to find like a group of people that would actually like want to come in every week and do at least like two hours rehearsal. Um, and then, you know, had the audition from dead coats made that and they were already doing stuff. So it was like, while dead coats was still, or while uh, idealies was still like getting itself together Dead Coats was kind of like up and running. We already had shows by the time I was joining the band. It was like, hey, you got a month. Let's get moving. Uh, they didn't force me to join and get super ahead of it. It was more of those things like, hey, I just lost my dad. I need an outlet yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. So they were very, very patient about it. Like they told me I didn't have to do the first couple of shows. And I was just like, nah, that's in a week. Yeah, I'm doing it. <laughs> that's awesome. I, I just, I needed my brain to be busy. Yeah. At that yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Like it was tumultuous, to say the least. You know, like that first six months is probably the worst thing ever. Worst thing ever. That's why being in two bands really helped out. Cause with Jack's band, ideally, he already had everything written out. He just wanted somebody to play it. And I just had to go in there and do the thing. Whereas Dead Coats, it was like, all right. Step one. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of like redoing it with everybody. It's pretty phenomenal like to think that like from the time when last year when we invited them into the program, Alex wasn't in the band yet. So yeah, it was a was whole Joe, right? Yeah, it was like a whole different <laughs> band than it is one year later when the single comes out. Yeah. And um as as weird as it is, that was part of the journey that needed to ha like she, you know, like she needed a band. Oh yeah. You know what oh, I mean? Yeah. And there's nothing against those other dudes. They just didn't, they didn't want to be in the kind of band that she needed to be in. And you guys are now that kind of band. It's all patience though. That's the thing. Yeah. Like shout out to the old dead coach crew, man. Like yeah. Joe, Josh, Ian, Faith. And all of that really like, you know, especially Armando. 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 Yeah, I got to say that that uh, there was one thing that I, w I don't know if I talked to Lauren about this in, in her episode, but the 
first time I saw you play with them was at the uh, at that thing at South by Southwest outside of that hotel. Yeah, the Sheridan. Yeah, Sheridan. So by the way, it was really cool. Had it not been like fucking freezing cold, like forty five degrees, awesome. I was yeah. still sweating to hell. I don't know you're, why. Well, you're out there. You're back there working. Um, <laughs> I was just standing there. I was think I was drinking like margaritas or something that night. What a weird dumbass. <laughs> why am I so cold? Um, <laughs> just a frozen drink in hand. <laughs> but there was something that really like, I was like, you know, Armando is like a real like, because I was there with Armando in the studio. Yeah. And he, he didn't. He seemed like he was ready to do something else. That's and, exactly right. And and after being in bands for so long and like, you, you know, you get mad and you fucking hate this guy. You don't talk to him for years. And then you realize like, oh, they weren't doing anything bad to you. And they were not being uh, bad at anything. Just wanted something different than you wanted at that time. Because like, you know, Anar and I talked about it. We had this guy before we got in this band. Um, but we, we got this manager and our manager was just kind of like, hey, you know, you guys aren't fucking... You guys could be really amazing. We're like, what do you mean, dude? We are amazing. Like, no, you're not amazing. How much do you rehearse? We're like, well, I mean, we get together every once in a while and like <laughs> we rehearse at sound checks and stuff because we played a lot. And he's like, you right. don't go in and rehearse and knock shit out all the time. We're like, no, no. Like, you know, that's the first way you could be a lot better. And he's like, why don't you guys do, if you guys want to apply yourselves at this level, then I'll commit myself to, to be your dude. Oh, yeah. And so we did that, but our drummer was like, like he came to the studio, we had all of a sudden studio time and this great engineer to work with and really like great songwriters, like real fucking like the Go-Go's and shit, helping us writing songs. Ooh. And like he brought in just all these cool ass people <clears throat> and like all these great musicians to be a part of what we were doing. And our drummer was like, I don't want to work this hard. And we were like, didn't think so. See you later. <laughs> There's another dude. And it's nothing bad, not a bad see you later. It just, but like you're happens. a great dude, but like, you're not in the same headspace that we are. And, you know, he knew better than to sit there and hold this back. And, you know, it's, I kind of did see it coming when I got in. Was like, somebody's going to be leaving soon. I was kind of in the balance of thinking it was either going to be Josh sure. or Alex. Sure, sure. Um, but, like, as time went on, like, we kind of needed more time from Josh. And, like, dude was, dude was writing new stuff every time. He was bringing some stuff in. But it was just like he was about to go into grad school and all this stuff. And it yeah, was like, that's a, I don't want you to not chase it. I just right. want you to be able to do both. Right. And I totally get that you can't because that, that is a big commitment. And on top of trying to keep this like band thing afloat, like that's, that's hardy. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and with, also when all of a sudden it's like, oh, we have to double down to our commitment to the band just right when you're, you know what I mean? Well, around that time we were yeah. trying to get three days a week in. That's amazing. That's the best. Because like, they were, they were trying to get me And that's the thing where like Alex uh, may not have the chops of a seasoned musician just because she's so new to it. She is down with, to the commitment. And that's really matters more sometimes than your mm. virtuosity. Oh yeah. Well, that's the thing was once she saw everybody was actually like committed to the bit nowadays like asking for two days a week isn't so hard you know what i mean it's just like we we plan out the month you know like we have a little like whiteboard calendar we plan out the month we get everything like show wise everything on the calendar interviews all this other stuff ready to go um from there it's like all right who's working what days what days can we fit in rehearsal we need at least two days 
What days work with everybody? What days work where nobody has to miss work? Right. Is the right. best part. Right. You know, like everybody's still got to make their money right now because yeah. like none of us are banking on the fact that we're going to make a lot of money because yeah. into the band account. Yeah. So at that point, it's like, how much are we really willing to talk to each other and like listen and actually like listen, not yeah. just like talk at each other Yeah. and try and like figure this out? Because that's something I feel like Alex really has grown into is like there was one day, man, Buddha just bared his bones to her and he was just like, hey, this is who I am. This is what I do. This is my life. You can either like it or get out. And she was about it. Yeah. And we all we all pretty much had that talk with each other one day. It was like, hey, this is who we are right now. This is where we want to be, but that's not where we're at. This is where we're at. And what is oh. the go- what's the goal? I never even talked to Lorna. Well, what is it when you sit down and talk as a band? Like, what is it that you're that you're reaching for? Ha! <laughs> Pun intended. Um, no i think i'm one of those guys that becomes 10 times smarter when he's high (laughs) so so i I don't even notice that's why i brought it with me because i figured it'd make it a lot easier it'd be a rowdy gowdy interview (laughs) no i think for me at least this is something i got a little preview of doing for 310 and this is something i've talked to my mom a lot about whereas like i want to be able to do the, the live aid thing where Music has more power than the government. You know, like people were able to get people money, food, and supplies. Sure. Yeah, like farm aid and all that. Yes, yeah, yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Like being able to do that and like, you know, like Feed the World people wasn't... the power. Feed the World wasn't a great single, but it sure as hell did a lot of good. You mean Feed the, Christ- the Christmas, the Christmas one? Yeah, yeah, that song's terrible. Yeah, that song is awful. Yeah, yeah. But damn, did it do some good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And being able to curate what the people can see from that. Like, it's not just about playing the music. It's about being able to create a scene, tell a story, what's going on with the whole, like, why are we playing it in this order? Right. Um, and as well as like, are we enjoying what we're playing? Right. Like, yeah, we could play super hard. We could kind of fake the emotion, but at some point when somebody's just candidly looking at us, do we look like we really, really feel the material yeah. or are we just playing the bill? And eventually, eventually the goal is to try and write something, some sort of like, I don't know, our wall, you know what I mean? Like our, our version of the wall or like everybody's got that idea, you know, like they all want to do that. But I think with the, the direction we're going with everything, like, yes, we have harder stuff, but we also have feelings with that with some of this other stuff too, like yeah. blood in the water. That's one of the, the slower songs that we do on the set list. We didn't do it last night, but that was punk show. So don't, don't go too soft, but like generally, <laughs> generally when we have that song in man, like we have all this little like intricate bits. I have like mallets to help roll the cymbals better. Yeah. Buddha has this dope chorus pedal and just turns off all the heavy stuff until we get to the, the chorus and it just flows. You can hear boom, like all the waves of everything. Like that song, I know it's not ours that like we didn't write it, at least this iteration, but that's something that I feel like we have made ours. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like sure, sure. it's, it's one of those things where it's like, 
it's it's only going to be as enjoyable as you want it to be. Yeah. Like you can make a terrible song and still have people enjoy it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like I'm interested in hearing that new stuff because it, it's, I forget that it is a whole different like set of creators mm-hmm. of the music. Oh, dude. Oh, you guys have a way to record those. Do you guys have a way to record? Um, we are talking to my friend right now. He lives in the Met. His name is Tom Barvik. I don't know if you've worked with him anywhere. He's he produces his own stuff. He kind of tours around. Um, great engineer. He's actually thinking about possibly helping with a demo because I wanted to try and take something to Frenchie and be like, hey, or like to you guys and be like, hey, here's here's what we've got worked out. Take a listen. What can we do with it from there? Because mm-hmm. basing off of what I've heard from the last studio experience, I kind of wanted to go in with <laughs> with all of the details already worked out. So that way we can just hand it to the engineer and be like, here's that. Yeah. We'll give you a couple of minutes yeah. and then I'll start it. Because like we've got, we've got the tempos down for the songs, you know? We've got like, what's the time signature? What's the song structure look like? Like if we were to write it down on sheet paper, what would that look like? Yeah. It's kind of nice. Yeah. So. Do you read? That, do you read? Oh, yeah. You play do? saxophone. Um, but you read like drum music too? I'm working on it. Okay. I am definitely getting better at it. <laughs> you know that, you know, are you drum, are you a fan of drummers? Uh, depends which, I mean, I got this tattoo because I love Stuart Copeland. Everybody does. Oh, yeah. But every hyperactive drummer. Oh, yeah. Person. You know what I mean? He's it like fucking Taylor Hawkins, that dude in that band, Phil Leffler. Same kind of energy. Oh, as hell you. yeah. this guy in the room. But not in a bad way. Like the guy that literally. He's loud, but it has something to say. I can't even begin to tell you how many times tears would be rolling down my face because of some weird song he'd write about trying to have sex with Anar. They're just fucking amazing. <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. Were those drag pictures of you guys? Yeah. That is great. Oh, dude, there's one of me and him making, like, full on making out from that session. Oh, hell yeah. That yeah. is awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's fucking killer, man. What a cool band that was. It's okay. I got to show you. Uh, there was one Halloween when I was in college. I had this full snow white gown. I was obviously very, very drunk, but. Yeah. <laughs> That was I had like that, a bald head too. <laughs> the photo shoot wasn't just a photo. It was a photo shoot where we were in the ads for like a stripper store. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that is awesome. Yeah, they hired one of our homeboys as a <clears throat> photographer and he was like, you know, it'd be really cool. Like, <laughs> I know these dudes that'll do anything. Dude, like, we'll get them to make out with each other, the whole fucking thing. She's like, sell yeah, it. dude. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How long have you and A&R known each other? That was like the 90s, right? Oh, uh, I think that was a 2000, because I think we had a record deal. That was another thing. Is oh, like, word. You know, they're going to be famous or whatever was going to happen to us at that time. <laughs> um, I know, I met A&R, uh, the first time I remember talking to A&R was the night of... Uh, The 1989 World Series, where there was a uh, there was an earthquake in Oakland, where the World Series was. Oh, you know what I'm talking about? yeah! I mean, it's like a famous story. There's a 30 for 30 about it. <laughs> so there was a Fitzgeralds in Houston. Do you know this place? I know. It might have been place. closed. Yeah. By the, okay, so they managed my band. Oh, okay. And so I was. Hey, I lived down the street, so I used to like get off work. And if I wasn't rehearsing, I would just go down there and like smoke weed and get drunk with everyone that Watch worked the game. there. And they, yeah, and so okay. everyone was watching the game during sound check time 
And that happened. And Anar, I think, was playing that night with somebody. I can't remember the name of his band. It wasn't Mr. Big. It was something it was, it, was, it, was it was like a 1989 <laughs> like a hair a hair a hair band and he played like a specter bass and like a and r and a and hair R. band yeah it, right it sounds insane but he had like the hair of like ted nugent in the 70s like this what flowing the? mane of like Long, golden curly hair. brown hair no, blonde oh yeah like a real he's like a viking oh yeah like a real like, like, like a nordic Anar. warrior yeah, like Anar. Yes, people are Norwegian. Oh, dude. Yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah, so that's how long I've known him. I've met him sometime around then. But I remember talking to him that day and being like, this dude's really fucking funny. (laughs) And so I I wanted to hang out with him more. Then he got in. uh, I had a really good friend. He got in his band. And that friend of mine... I used to go with them everywhere and like go to their sound checks and help them load in. And I was such a fucking nerd. I love their band so much. <laughs> and uh, I did. I love that band so much. And when Anar got in the band, it was so I'd go eat with them. And it was <laughs> <laughs> they rehearsed across Fight the hallway the from us. Like they'd open the door and I'd be standing there. They're like, "Oh, hey guys, you want to hang out?" <laughs> <laughs> While you're here. I would take acid. Me and my roommate would take acid. We'd go to that dude's house and be like, tell us cool shit, man. Enlighten us, bro. Dude, I'm still laughing at you and Lauren's story about the the music award. (laughs) Desecrated that thing. Oh, dude, that is great. It's okay. Lauren said if we ever do, if we win that again, full celebration for everyone. Be careful now. Like there wasn't like, I mean, for that shit, like maybe you get some, baby laxative and shit your pants at like a dance club or something but <laughs> nowadays it's fucking now terrifying. it's gnarly bro yeah everybody's just, gonna carry fentanyl i just strips. played a i just played a uh i played a uh a, a fundraiser for this non-profit that was started by a friend of mine whose whose son died of a fentanyl and i, I and like i'm thinking Ugh. about it i have a, like i have a handful i have like four friends whose fucking kids recently one of them is in a vegetative state, I would say, since 2019. Holy since shit. Since 2019, I have four friends whose kids, <clears throat> that three of them lost him, and one of them basically has lost their kid. You know, Awful to that thing. Jesus. See, and it's all kind of the same story. It's all the same, like, oh, no, he's just going to do some low and look at him. Oh, a, a girl that was my girlfriend when I was in high school. She was still partying. And, oh, my uh, God. And in 2019... She went to do like a little. Oh, hey man, I'll do a little partying. I mean, she she should just shouldn't do blow once you. Like you don't, I don't think you should do it in your forties, and I definitely don't think you should be doing it in your fifties. That's Hell fucking no. crazy. I think, and I plus, think, then you're just weird. I think at that point, you're like that weird, is the cut off fifty five year old. Oh, hey man, can I get a bump? Like, swear, hey grandpa, swear a cool. silver key around your neck yeah. at fifty five. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like whoa there, boogie nice. Calm down. Yeah. Anyway, so yeah, just you know, she got some blow and you know got her hands on some and just you know, you See, never know. There's some folks out and about. They they're also the ones that have the like little oh uh, accessible box where you can get like the Narcan spray. Uh, there's like, or the test strip seems like yeah that yeah would be a great way to just avoid just the about whole to say no nah, they have test strips the same people that do the Narcan box they have these test strips. <laughs> it's funny they, that we live in a society where people don't not do the drug they're like here they're just preparing just for the worst of it <laughs> that's live 
Hey, man. At this point, oh, I know people are going to do it. Might as well just uh, get ready yeah, for safe, whatever's man. gonna happen. Yeah, like that's the thing. They just they don't even like try to sell it. They're just like, hey, are you doing this? Here's a whole baggie of test strips. Yeah, and like, are the, there people out at like the clubs? Uh, I know folks at like Sidebar. A lot of Red River folks. <laughs> like, of course, Sidebar. Yeah, <laughs> like a lot of folks on Red River are part of that organization where they uh they just like they have one bag for all their personal stuff yeah. and they have all the other, like another bag for like test strips, Narcan spray, like just handing it out. Like I have a bunch of stuff in my apartment just cause like the influx of people that come in for all the parties and stuff, of course, like have that on hand. It's really safe too. Just cause like, I don't know it's who's going like to walk in. It's almost like condoms at this point. Pretty much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like here's one bowl for the safety. Here's one bowl for your life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, here's another it's bowl world. if you get lucky. <laughs> this is the one we call the Daft Punk Bowl. <laughs> Don't drop your keys, just take and go. <laughs> oh. Okay, so wait a minute. So uh, the Christmas song, the Feed the World song. Oh god, that must have been track. huge because, like that, when I, I when I saw it, it was the greatest thing I'd ever seen. That was every favorite, pretty much every favorite. I was a huge Paul Young fan. He's the first guy that sings. Yeah. I loved uh fucking and in our world. The uh the boy George. I was just about to say great. Boy yeah, George. One. Dude, watching the documentary on that where you oh, see all those best, drunk right? superstars just rolling in at nine AM, blitz out of their minds. Some of them still totally turned up from the night before. Oh, the guys from Status Quo that were like old. Oh, they yeah. were like and they, they were got all fucked up when they got there. Like they got super <laughs> and then they're trying to get them to sing and they just can't they do, couldn't it. do it. <laughs> <laughs> the oh. coolest thing is like those guys like i listen to interviews with them because i i think i don't like their music very much but they're the fucking they're coolest fucking guys hilarious yeah they're, they seem like they're still always drunk <laughs> it's pretty awesome i don't know how you could be what what is that almost 80 now and still have a functioning liver like that man yeah that is insane who's the i can't remember the name of the person that sung the first line the it's Christmas time. Paul Young. Paul Young. Yeah. Thank you. Huge fan of his. Like, honestly, love it. He's probably the best part of that whole song. <laughs> yeah. He's a great singer. Although, Bono's part. I, well, tonight, thank God. Yes, yeah. it's them. You know what's it's so them. funny? Uh, a couple of Christmases ago, during the pandemic, my grandma got a beach house for a month and was like, basically like, hey, get tested and come move in for a month. We can all hang out. Like, Nobody fuck, has to yeah. fuck around. Yes. Yeah. So I did a bunch of podcasts and I fucking went down there, spent the month. But there was a skyrocket Christmas thing, and I had to film myself doing a song and put it into our live stream thing. <laughs> and so I learned that song. By the time I had learned it and memorized it, I fucking hated it. Because without all those voices, that song is, uh, and it's, it's dumb. So stupid. The whole. There won't be snow in Africa this Christmas time. Yeah. Like, dude. <laughs> what the fuck is that even mean? Bob, Bob Geldof, good. Like, hats off to him, man. I was just trying he to get something trying. out. Yeah, yeah. 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 That's the other thing is you're like, you know. Like they also did it what fourteen hours, sixteen hours, like to turn over like a single and that fast, like trying to yeah. accumulate that many drunk assholes. Dude, the fucking that's so fucking great that drum beat. Like, oh yeah, you like Phil Collins as a drummer? Of course, he's the reason why I knew it was possibly to be able to sing and play drums. Oh yeah, yeah. Like I saw, oh fuck. There's one where he's doing 
Another Day in Paradise live. Oh. Oh, dude. It's so phenomenal. Like, you just see him. Doom, doom, doom. Goom. Goom. Like, he's just oh. sitting right there behind the mic. Doom, doom, goom. Yeah. Goom. It's so intense, man. Yeah, yeah. Oh, he's so good. That and the Tarzan tracks. That other guy, the uh, Chester Thompson, the guy that plays drums when he goes and sings, mm, mm. has been with them since the 70s. The guy's fucking awesome, too. Although, rest in peace. This is uh, Phil Collins' last, like, like a tour or his yeah, last show. Yeah. I saw that and I was just like, I had his son on the show. The the one, the kid that plays. No that, way. That played with like Genesis and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I Damn. can't remember the name of his band. It was a number, but they were, he was in a hard rock band, kind of like the Foo Fighters. That was from Miami. Oh, that's and cool. They were on the show and he was really cool. Dude, that is sick. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's one person. It's like the list grows longer. He's I mean, he was playing fucking drums for Genesis. Really? And he's like, not like he. Oh, wait, Phil Collins? Or the, the, his your dude? kid. Oh, his like kid. on this last thing, on the Phil Collins solo tours. Since, that's what I was trying to figure like, out. Since I this something. kid was like a senior in high school, he's been the drummer of like Phil Collins and like. <laughs> it's kind of like Jason Bonham, man. Like. Yeah. Once his dad was able to put drumsticks in his hands, it was just off to the races, man. I like Jason Bonham. It's crazy. I don't know why. Crazy. Some people get mad at me for saying that. I once got into an argument with a friend of mine for no reason when I was drunk, and we played that. Uh, you know that. You know that festival, that music, <laughs> that thing that they have in in Steamboat, where all the Texas bands play. I can't say I do. No, uh, it's like a country music festival, but they Skyrocket played the Happy Hour Party every day for like three days. Okay. At the bottom of the ski lift, ski lounge. Thing, oh, okay, cool. Whatever. I didn't even know we had that out here. No, it's in it's in Colorado. Oh, in Colorado. So okay. I got super drunk, like super drunk, and there's uh, there's like video of it. I like bought shit on TV. Like, I was like <laughs> oh yeah, that fucking dude. I'll buy that Antiques Roadshow and, and all that, that was shit. Like some infomercial. I'm like, fuck yeah, I'll buy that right now, motherfucker. <laughs> so I'm like, I was like that, <laughs> and, and one of the things that I almost got into like a fight, not a fight, but I was like arguing heavily, like Bonham, like that oh. band. <laughs> I argued Bruh. that that was one of the best songs of the 80s. Like, why? It's terrible. It's so like the worst Led Zeppelin ripoff that all I can do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude. Um, somebody was telling me the other day, we were having this big old discussion, Big Log. I know you know the song. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Somebody was saying, you know, that's... That my love is a lead to the freeway. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lead me on. Yeah. Somebody was like, you know... It's probably, <laughs> that's one of those Led Zeppelin. That's <laughs> <laughs> like... <laughs> they were like, that's one of those cuts that Robert Plant didn't want to bring to the band because he didn't know how to feel about his emotions at the time or something like that. Yeah, yeah. And... <laughs> is that true? Oh, I have no idea. Uh, Somebody was just kind of like eyeballing it. Like, yeah. I thought this was something like, you know how like Dave Grohl had songs and he brought some to Kurt and then some of them he was just like, yeah, probably not. Like somebody looked at it. It was just like, man, Robert Plant must've gotten really fucked up one day and tried to bury his soul. And Bonham looked at him and he's like, the fuck is this? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he waited for everybody to disperse to finally write it out. Something it's, like that. It sounds funny to say, but like a lot of people don't feel this way. My favorite Led Zeppelin stuff is the later stuff. 
That's the stuff I like. I'm not crazy wild fan about. Oh, uh, whatever the Achilles last stand is on. I don't that album. Know. I'm uh, not that. I'm not that. I'm not that Zeppelin centric. I'm. I'm. Uh, when it goes to like the the hard rock of that time, mm. I'm a Sabbath guy. Oh, I agree, hundred percent. Yeah, like them, Deep Purple. Oh, I loved. Like they had a weird period, like where they had that little orchestral album. Album. Archie Blackmore was like trying to do some uh, some stuffs. This is gonna sound namey droppy, but when we got when Anar and I were in that band, we got signed. Uh, mm. We got signed by Lars Ulrich from Metallica. <laughs> he had a label. Oh shit! But in hanging out with that guy like all night without a without a guy with the strip tester, uh, <laughs> he would play. You know, you sit around listening to music manically, and and he would. Uh, that's uh, I never realized the depth of of Deep Purple until I, I still am discovering like the Glenn Hughes era is like like that guy's really oh, unbelievable. Man, I could talk about Richie Blackmore forever. Are you? I don't. I don't. I'm oh. not like a fan of his. Oh, well, I love Rainbow. That's the thing. Oh yeah, oh, I love that band so much. Who was Anar met that singer guy? What was his name? Dio. No. Uh, or the the second one, the second iteration of the Rainbow. Good looking guy. Oh, What's his, I can't think of his name. I, I know he does. Uh, Since you've been gone, since you've been gone, that's a great song. Since you've been gone, yeah. I'm Adam. My head but can't Rainbow sing. fans weren't crazy about that. I figured it's too pop, right? Yeah, because yeah. like, how do you go from Dio talking about crazy Dungeons yeah, and Dragons yeah, yeah, shit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. To my heart hurts. Uh, just, just <laughs> Joe Lynn Turner. Thank you, thank you. Oh my god, it's like my thing is like <laughs> I'm I, for someone to cheer. <laughs> Come on, wait. Come on, you gotta clap. <laughs> I, I like my thing is is like people will give me shit for it too. I like some of the Hagar songs more than I did some of the Roth songs. Yeah, but but like the feel of the David Lee Roth era, like they just had the good atmosphere. I just think like lyrically, Sammy Hagar had something a little different. I wouldn't say it was great. Uh, I feel like I I I feel like um, in a textbook way, adding a better singer, that's a great songwriter, that's a musician, yes. is a great idea. But magic is intangible, and you don't know what's happening. <laughs> the Van Halen before him was so unique. There's no other fire. There's no other band that sounds like Van that. Van Halen 2, dude. Yeah. Oh, or Running with the Devil. Yeah. Super simple bass line, but God damn, it makes you feel like you're running through a fucking swamp. Yeah. Boom, 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 boom. It's also a piano boom. doing it. Yeah. Oh, wait, is that that little, when you like hit the top of the guitar with a pick? No, it's, I think it's, a, I think it's a scraping the piano thing or maybe the, the top of the guitar, but I think there's also like a... Or, Whatever key I know, I feel I feel I feel like they're a band that does stuff a half a step down, right? Probably, yeah. Uh, I know they have like they've got like a sharp, some sharp tuning, like yeah, it's like whatever note sharp, yeah. It's just not that much, but it's just a little bit. Well, also, you know, the Stooges. I want to be your dog. Ding, 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 ding. That one fucking note just in the background. That was the same dude that had the sleigh bells, wasn't it? The the producer of that one. Cause I was, I, I thought I saw like on a video where they were talking about that song 
And the dude was just like, I need something more like. Who produced that mm, album? I can't think of his name Stooges. right now. I'm going to look Your it up. Your light's on. I just saw that too. Um, you ever get back? You ever go? Where do you go now? What do you do now? Like in the holidays? Um, Sorry to ask you such a heavy question. Oh, no, that's fine. John Cale, by the way. John Cale. John Cale. He was in that one. Yeah, he was in, uh, he was in uh, the Velvet Underground. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> that's magnetic. Unbelievable. <laughs> so, um, holidays. Do you are... have like aunts and uncles or do you get with your brothers or? Family is weird nowadays because uh, nowadays it's just the brothers and I. And even then, like, I don't know. I think this year is going to be a weird one just because it's the first holidays without my parents. And uh, part of me wants to just run away for a little bit, <laughs> you know, like yeah, yeah. go to another state, maybe go to yeah. somewhere else and just try and do something. Yeah. Um, but if you, if you hang out, oh, you know what? I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I usually come back on the morning of Christmas Oh, word. And then I get Chinese food and get really high and watch TV. That's what I do like Christmas Day. <laughs> what kind of movies you watch? Whatever. Could be a show. I don't know. Whatever. I don't care. Nice. Uh, Chinese food and kung fu movies? Yeah, Chinese food places are open. They don't... Oh, dude. 888 is always so reliable. That place is good, right? Fantastic. There was a place I used to get it from all the time called Java Noodles that was by there. Java Noodle? Yeah. Java, like the hut, or Java? Like Java. Coffee. Like okay. the coffee, yeah. I was thinking Java Noodles. Dude, I was ordering from that place so much that I called one day and I was like, yeah, I want to place an order to be delivered. And they're like, Mr. Johnny? Like, <laughs> they oh, knew your order on oh, fucking dude. record. It's <laughs> like realized I was putting on all this weight. I'm serious. I was oh, ordering dude. it like two or three times a week. Oh, I get it. The, I love Chinese food, man. This HEB gas station up here, like on Riverside. Yeah, sure. Um, I'll go in and they'll they'll see me. Like I'll come in in like many different kinds of wear, <laughs> but they'll know I need the same like three or four things. What was it what you walked in with? Yerba mate? Yeah. A what pack the of the uh, OCB cones. One of those little like what, uh, naked juice things. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, sometimes a lighter. That's about it. Unless I'm getting like a, a drink for the night, that's usually the uh, the go. Yeah. And they, they know it too. They'll they'll see me come in. OCB pack will be sitting on the counter already. Yeah. And they've already rung up the, the herbs already. You know what drives me nuts is I get I get these jewel fucking pods at this 7-Eleven uh, all the time. All the time. <laughs> it's like it's the same people. Yep. Isn't like, it over here? Yeah. 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 What can I get you? I'm like. What do you think? You know exactly what I'm here yeah. for. Did you say the two pack or the four pack? Like, dude, what I always say. <laughs> I miss that. <laughs> you ever see Jay and Silent Bob Strike Back? No, I haven't. Oh, I love okay. That. That's a movie we got to watch, man. That's, I Christmas. love Jay and Silent Bob. Those guys are fucking great. Yeah. That is like modern day Cheech and Chong. Yeah. It is the best. I've got all of those movies, you know. You do? Clerks 1, Clerks yeah, yeah, 2. Yeah. I just got the Jay and Silent Bob reboot on DVD. What's Mall Rats? That's a good one. <laughs> Mall Rats is like Brody, Jason Lee, like the My Name is Earl yeah. dude. Yeah. Basically, he's like running this comic shop in a mall. And then, you know, the whole Stan Lee cameo, like yeah, monologue yeah. at the end and stuff like that. Oh, that one's, I love it because it's like, Stoner culture meets comic culture, and those yeah. are like two of my favorite things. 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't wear a lot of weed things. I just smoke a lot of it. Yeah. Yeah, I've never gotten into the wearing the weed things. I don't either. I don't like but telling cops to pull me over without having to say it. Yeah. You know? You know that guy there? The old guy? You know that is? I can't say I do, but he looks familiar. Yeah, man. Skunk Baxter. Skunk. I mean, he's a he's a super cop now, but he used to be a, a stoner guy. He was in the Doobie a Brothers and cop. fucking Steely Dan. See, I never really got too much into the Doobie Brothers. Steely Dan, of course, because my dad was... Aja was one of my dad's Asia, favorite. Yeah. 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 Oh, Do you ever God. watch the making of that? On No. Oh, look it up. Classic albums, Asia. It's fucking awesome. See, I, uh, I just watched the Andy Summers thing on Prime. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> that poor fucking dude. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> I, had, uh, I had this lady, Lenise Bent, who worked on a lot of famous records, but she mm. started out on Asia. Oh. She was an assistant engineer on Asia. She was on the show last fall or something like that. Oh, that's cool. She's cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She was there when Michael McDonald recorded the Peg book. Have you ever heard that? Which oh. is his isolated vocals. Dude. Peg. That's so Holding, only movies. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. See, oh man, I was listening to somebody the other day where it's like, sometimes, if we ever going to talk sound like mixing, man, you ever seen a breakdown of Nine Inch Nails like sound sound layouts it's oh the layering that man does it's like he'll add like the smallest little like sound but if he takes it out it changes the whole thing oh yeah and it's like a small little background thing yeah dude that shit blows my mind like there was the uh the broken record yeah like it has like wish and suck and all that yeah yeah the breakdown he does for wish is just so it's so cool yeah. Like you'd think that there's like this little warble part that's going on in the background. It's just. Oh yeah. He's the king of having that like atmosphere I didn't in there. Noticed it was so there cool. until I took it out. And I was yeah, like, yeah. this changes the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> you know, it's weird. Uh, speaking of that same exact series, the classic albums, VH1 series yes. that had all that stuff. Uh, there's a great thing you know Refugee by Tom Petty oh yeah there's like this song isn't working man there's something wrong with this song and they open the door and this famous drummer Jim Keltner mm-hmm. just hanging out in the hallway of the studio with the shaker going like this is what it needs check it out I swear to God go home and listen to it it's all you'll hear that's because you're like there's a shaker in that song and then all of a sudden you hear it and you're, it's all you hear you're like oh this is literally holding this whole fucking song together <laughs> like from the start to the end there's just a is it like I'm assuming background kind of stuff? It's it is in the background okay. until you notice it, and, and then it forever like it's, it's the, the only thing in the mix. Yeah, dude. Okay, speaking of shakers, you heard about this uh, Aerosmith like salt packet thing yeah, yeah, on yeah. Sweet Emotion? What yeah. the hell? What? Everybody's done that kind of stuff though. That's goofy. I just I've never <laughs> salt like I would have thought maybe like one of those like. It's the power of a microphone and compressor and stuff. You can get like the, I did a song. It's actually on Spotify. I did a duet with this girl. What's her name? Whatever. I did it with her. (laughs) And we wrote this song. We did this duet. And uh, I, uh, uh, I did the rhythm track. And the rhythm track, I had change in my pocket. And the rhythm track was me going. Oh, that's great. 
That is so cool. But like the microphone had to be so fucking like right sensitive there. with the just tapping the change. Like, see, I've had one of those days. So I used to like kind of work at a studio, like off the books for a little bit. Um, it's a TRCOA. I don't know if you ever heard of them. They're up in like B Cave area. Um, <clears throat> it's a cool little school. It's also like a Devils is like a recording station. <clears throat> and for a while, there was like a day that like this dude and I, we went in there and we would just like test all of the mics with all of the, uh, Oh crap. I'm thinking I'm blanking on what they're called. Compressors, all the compressors and all yeah, that yeah, stuff. Yeah. So we'd have like a Vox box with like a, a Neumann trying to see what that sounds like with a saxophone. Like trying to get like the best like sound quality, see oh, what yeah, makes it yeah. sounds like warmer and stuff. Yeah, man, we spent like twelve days in there just, just fucking around with what sounds better. Why is it going this way? What is Phantom Power? All this other stuff, like all day, just doing that. It was these mics require Phantom Power. Oh yeah, I have a uh, condenser mic. I think these are condensers. Yeah, we were trying to get it to work for a while, and I just. I, I had heard somebody say something about Phantom. And I was like, do you have something like Danny Phantom or something? And they're like, you mean Phantom Power? And I was like, yeah, go Ghost or something like that. <laughs> like, I didn't know what it was for a while, but thankfully. How are you supposed to know without, you know what I mean? Without fucking jumbling it a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> so they taught me about that and I was just like, oh, okay, cool. Now this makes kind of sense. Yeah. Not, no sense. Yeah. <laughs> So none of you guys have you you no one in the band has like a Logic or Pro Tools situation and a couple of mics. I have I have Pro Tools. Two. I've got. I mean my 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 uh, computer is getting fixed up because the screen cracked when I was trying to do my auditions for them. Because I was I didn't have like a table to set it on. I was setting it on my amp, and oh, right, right, right. it was like keeping the songs for me while I was playing because I didn't right. have good headphones. So fell off. But otherwise, I've got that stuff. I'm actually trying to get the apartment treated a little bit so I can. Yeah, kick it out seems some like you guys could at least get like your ideas down. Yeah, you could send Frenchy songs or something. Or we all have better phones now too, so the mics that we record on are a little better. But like, that's true. That's I, true too. I've got a couple soundboards where it's like one day I just want to get all the mics that at least everybody around has. Try and record something in there. See what that would sound like. Because there is the furniture and everything helps out with like. Oh yeah, keeping it the reflective like, surfaces. Yeah, taking over. but like wood floor, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I have to get carpets and shit. Yeah, <laughs> wood floors are. <sighs> yeah, uh, and that's the thing. I don't have any rugs yet, but it's also because you know where you should go is uh, go to dude like the uh, fucking Marshalls, man. Marshalls, dude. These rugs were twenty five bucks each. The fuck out of town. You mean that? Not joking. These are actually kind of nice too. They yeah, fit. Yeah. That's the worst part is I mean, like going to dog here right now, but oh, I get that. I have a white furred dog. Like, yeah, it, it shows up on everything. I'm wearing black to show some days. I have to get the lint roller like three times yeah. before I can walk out of the car. I have like two of them in my back. <laughs> I keep two in the car, one in the counter. Um, Robbie, man, this has been great talking to you. What kind of drums do you play? I play it's kind of like a two, it's like a training kit at first. It's a Ludwig setup, but I've got a I don't, I got the drum recently. It it's this, this drum is not very like, I haven't had this one for a minute. This one's on loan. Oh, it's a kick drum. 
No, that's the uh, the snare drum. Uh, snare drums of Ludwig too. I believe so. I'll have to double check it because I just only got it like a couple days ago. Pretty deep. Oh, dude, such a piercing sound. Yeah, it's so nice. Otherwise, like it's uh, Ludwig or a, sorry, it's a Gretsch set. Yeah, with uh, a couple Ludwig heads. Um, which is weird. I didn't realize they had heads, but I'm also like pretty new to the whole drum thing, dude. I've only been playing drum sets since May of last year. Oh, you're really good. <laughs> That's cause I've done like drum core right, and right, stuff like that. Right. I was a cymbal player, but like, you know, sitting around all these dudes just drumming on the bus from state to state yeah, or yeah, drumming yeah, for 14 yeah. hours a day. Like you pick up some stuff and then, you know, at the Met, man. It was a good community of people that were just willing to hear me out. They just wanted to see that I was actually doing the thing. Yeah. So they've been kind of teaching me on how to like reset up all of that. It's a, it's a Gretsch kit um, with a, I think this is a Ludwig snare because it's got like uh, the black rims, black chrome rims. Oh my God. They're so nice. And this, this like, it looks maple, kind of wood finish, but it's it's denser. It's kind of nice. Oh, man, I hate being in a band. <laughs> They're calling you for rehearsal? No. Just like my guy came over here to help me fix my piano. Uh-huh. And I was telling him that one of the other guys bummed me out. There's the fucking text. Hey, I heard I bummed you out. Oh, like, Dude, what the fuck? God. It's okay. We get those occasionally. I hate that shit. We're in our fifties. You know what I mean. Can we just can we just say it and be done? Like we don't need this whole. That's that is the one compromise of being in a band, isn't it's, it? Okay, so speaking of your band, this isn't going to come out for a while, but uh, but when uh, you guys are doing another release for If I Was a Man, oh yeah, you know when that is. Do you have it set up yet or anything? I think we're looking. Oh, maybe November, December. Because it's like, use Reach now to like feed out some ideas and get let everybody know, hey, we're still alive, we're thriving, we're diving into new stuff. Because um, there's also a possibility of doing a show at Voodoo Donuts in October, mm. and uh, there's some there's some stuff in the works. It's gonna be, we might have our own donuts for sale. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. What would be on your donut? Do you know? Have you guys discussed it? So we're thinking. The let me show you the new logo that we've got. Thinking of trying to get this on a donut, maybe. Oh, that's killer. Get a little bit of a dead coats. Blood drop on the bottom of it. Yeah. Um, maybe do like little cake donuts where it's got the big wish cake design on it. Yeah. Um, and maybe like one that's like a bloody like reach on it, since that's the recent like release. Um, and around that time, hopefully the drinks recording will come out on YouTube, kind of promote that show. Because um, we did that last Monday, mm. and that was a blast. Um, <laughs> shout out to Tim. Dude is a phenomenal engineer. He also saw the setup that I had where it was just floor tom, kick tom, or kick drum, snare. And it was just like, so I get to use like the good mics. And I get to like mic you up really well. And I was like, yeah, man, have a field day. He was so giddy about it. It was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's killer dude so that's probably more of like november december because then that gives us a lot more time to try and work on a video yeah some more like music yeah. for the ep yeah 
Because the goal is to try and write out at least like if we want five, we're gonna try and write out like ten songs and take some of the best ones out of it. Yeah. Um, see where that goes from there. You know, the music video thing is probably leaning more on like if I was a man or one of the newer ones that are going to come out later in like next year. Yeah. So we're still in the talks right now with uh, the director of all that stuff. And we're going to try and see at what point are we throwing our ideas in? What point are we compromising? What's the the budget for? Where's the location at? Uh, We've had, we've had a couple talks already and that's, exciting i've never shot a video before so it's cool that's exciting i'm a little giddy listen yeah, man. i i told lauren this the other day where it was like because you know i play in that little like mankini yeah, kind yeah, of yeah, thing yeah, yeah. and <laughs> it, it was last night like we had a dude draw uh like a like portrait of us on stage while we were playing and it was awesome and the dude was just like yeah i want a picture of the band but i need homeboy in his undies it is under ruse. <laughs> and so I looked at Lauren. I was like, this is the most amount of times I've publicly dropped my pants in a bar. That's like amazing. it was hilarious. And people are asking me to do it too. So <laughs> that's awesome. You know, just get people used to the extreme and then you can do anything from there. Yeah. Cause that's, that's the goal with that. That's true. Uh, well, dude, man, I'm glad we met and became friends. I'm glad you came in. Man, we've been talking for an hour and 35 minutes already. It didn't even feel like it. Didn't feel like it at all. <laughs> like at all. <laughs> but hopefully someone's listening to this like on a long drive and got into it. Another You're drive to talk from to. Dallas to Houston. Oh, dude, this was this was effortless. Yeah, man. I was like freaking. I was going to be like, oh, what do I even talk about? And I just walked in. I was like, oh, this wasn't even a worry. Yeah, <laughs> nothing. Good talking to you, bro. Dude, love talking to you. Let's yeah. do it again. Yeah. Dang, that was Robbie Mueller from the Dead Coats. I love that dude. I love that song, If I Was a Man. Dude, the rest of it's coming up as soon as I stop talking. But I love the Dead Coats. You can find them on Instagram. Go over there. There's lots of new videos they've done. There's lots of pictures. They're a lovely group of human beings that are incredibly talented, and I love them. They are my dear friends. I'm really glad I got to sit down and take the time and have this conversation with Robbie. I hope you enjoyed it. Obviously, you made it all the way to the end. I thought it was really entertaining. So, uh, yeah. I thought it was really entertaining. Glad you enjoyed it. Gang, don't forget when you're out there checking out the Dead Coats on, uh, online, you can subscribe to this podcast wherever it is that you find podcasts, be it Apple Podcasts, Spotify, TuneIn, Overcast, iTunes even is still doing the podcast. But new shows every, every, every Tuesday, every Wednesday, special shows like the Dwight Twilley one that dropped, uh, a lot of From the Vault episodes dropping on Saturday nights, all kinds of stuff. All right? I want to thank my friend Robbie Mueller for doing the show. I want to thank all of the Dead Coats for letting me... Uh, debut their brand new song if i was a man all right thank you guys they're one of my favorite bands in town get out there and check them out if you get the chance thank you robbie thank you guys for listening have a great weekend whatever it is you're doing let's get down